0: Another episode of Guidance with Grace. I am Grace, and this week we're actually talking about macronutrient intake. Uh, If any of you have heard the term mind your macros, it's definitely a catchy little phrase, and uh, I wanted to kind of dive into what that means, maybe why it's becoming trendy, and some things that you guys can consider if you're an active person, if you're kind of just getting started and you're kind of, you know, active here and there, or maybe if you're listening to this and you're thinking about maybe starting a certain type of sport or you're kind of really amping up your game, this is definitely your episode if you're concerned about food intake relative to maybe where you're at. So I am actually sitting next to Paula Gallagher. She works here at Columbus State, and I reached out to her and asked her because she is a pro.
1: (laughs) You, well welcome <laughs> something like that right that's yeah. right <laughs> thank you you Happy know to your be here. stuff
0: so you teach some classes here and you also do things in the community why yeah. don't you let us know what you're into All right, today thanks for
1: that introduction yeah so um Like Grace said, my name is Paula Gallagher, and I am an uh, annually contracted faculty member here at Columbus State over in the hospitality department, that brand new, shiny building, Mitchell Hall over there. Um, So (laughs) I teach Nutrition 1153, and then I also work with our dietetic tech program. So I teach both uh, long-term care clinical nutrition and I teach community nutrition. Um, So I kind of dabble in a whole lot of different topics in regards to nutrition. Um, So that's what I do here at Columbus State. Outside of Columbus State, I have a couple other jobs that I like to do. Um, I own a private practice, so I specialize in gastroenterology, things like irritable bowel, Crohn's, colitis. Um, So I see patients that are struggling with those disorders. I also do some consulting for some long-term care facilities like nursing homes. Um, I do all their sanitation audits and make sure they're up to par. And I also um, chart on those uh, individuals living in those facilities. And then last but not least, I blog for a pharmaceutical company. So um, I, I write about a deficiency called congenital sucrase isomaltase deficiency. So it's people that can't tolerate table sugar. It's an allergy. So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I blog for that as well. Um, let's see. I went to Bowling Green. I got my master's from Bowling Green and I kind of always knew that I wanted to be a dietitian. I had a friend in high school. Um, after I had given a presentation in one of my classes, say, you would make a really good dietitian, and I'm like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> and that was freshman year of high school, and I rolled with it. I went right into college knowing what I was I was wanting to do, and here I am. Let's see, eight years later as a registered dietitian. So do you love it? I love it. There's so many things that you can do in the field, mm-hmm. um, and as you can see I do quite a few of them yeah. so it keeps me Podcasting on my toes being one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I but I absolutely excited. love it yeah I
0: yeah. was very excited to hear about all the things that you were doing as we were corresponding uh, weeks ago and I, I figured this is a really great place for us to start and Paula a hey, heads up guys she's definitely down to do more episodes <laughs> so but I figured this would be a really great place to start because macronutrients are a lot of where our calories come from and if you can't really get a handle on your caloric intake and all of that, it's a little hard to maybe reach your goals if you just are finding yourself frustrated, which I have been in that boat many times, especially as you're changing your activity level or you are just kind of changing your goals overall. Uh, So the trendy term Minding Your Macros is what this is called because I think there's some misunderstandings as to what even that means or what even the, pro- the approach would be. So I think there's a lot of workouts, uh, workout programs rather, that incorporate nutritional uh, components. And they have all of these equations. And I know that you know a lot of equations too. Uh, but maybe if you can give us some insight as to what somebody might want to consider if they're maybe a sedentary, an active, or even maybe on that athletic level or even the beginning of it, each kind of food groups and we were talking about food groups before we started how to kind of regulate all of that based off of your activity level and food groups is a really great place to start
1: yeah so I think really it comes all the way back to what the heck is a macronutrient right (laughs) like minding your macros Macronutrients are just carbs, fats, and proteins. So when someone says that they're counting their macros, they're simply just keeping track of their carbs, their fats, and their proteins. So it all does go back to the food groups because we have five food groups, fruits, vegetables, grains, dairy, and protein, and all of them contain macronutrients, and most of them have more than one macronutrient. Mm -hmm. So if we look back at the guidelines of how much we should be eating of these each day, we go back to what's called the acceptable macronutrient distribution range. And that's just a percentage or a range of calories that we should be taking in from each macronutrient. So, for example, carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are what fuel our brain. They're what fuels a lot of our activity. Half of our diet, almost 50%, actually up to 65% of our diet should be made up of the macronutrient known as carbohydrates. Then we have protein. Everyone loves to focus on protein, Mm -hmm. especially in the exercise world, the athlete world, but really only 10 to 35% of our diet needs to be made up of protein. That is way lower (laughs) than what most people think. So
0: (laughs) small compared to like the hundreds of grams of protein that some people are probably into. Exactly.
1: And our body can only handle and it only needs so much protein anyway. Mm -hmm. So it really is important to know what those ranges are. And then our third macronutrient fats 20 to 35 percent of our diet should be made up of fat so if we think about like what our plate looks like we should be having all five food groups on our plate if we're doing that it should really be falling in those ranges so For example, if a person's eating 2000 calories a day, that means that they should be getting about 250 grams of carbs per day. But that varies again. So like if someone has diabetes and they're really trying to control their blood sugar, they might need a lower end of carbohydrates. Where if a person is um, really physically active, maybe they're training for a marathon or they run cross country, they might need more than 250 grams. So it's called a range for a reason. Same with the protein. So most healthy individuals need about 20 percent of their diet made up of protein. But again, a person might need 30 percent or an elderly individual might need lower like 15 percent. Right. You know, so these are all ranges, but we should be trying to stick within those ranges, ranges and not necessarily focusing and preferring one macronutrient over the other.
0: I love that. (laughs) It is not about just one. Right. And if anything, if you guys take away anything from this episode, having a well-balanced diet should be it. It's not just about proteins. It's not just about carbs or fat. All of them come together, and that kind of leads me into the whole supplementation thing. Yeah, Um, Supplements isolate certain... um, Things, if you will. So if it's a protein supplement, um, there's supplements that have like vitamins and things in it. So it kind of just depends on what you're looking into. But food works together. And I kind of going way back as we were chatting earlier, and I was thinking about when I was taking my nutrition class in college, and they were talking about certain foods, if you eat them together, they combine and break down in a different way in your body. And what was it? It was what was my example? Oh, it was like meat and spinach yeah. and like carrots and Or like another or like one
1: people typically talk about is like beans and rice, mm-hmm. putting beans and rice together. Yeah. Yeah. So you're totally right that food works synergistically. It all works together. Um, so the example I like to give is um, about amino acids. So again, people that exercise a lot, that are looking for supplements to help boost their health, a lot of times they buy amino acids. So leucine is a big one, specifically in like the fitness world. Leucine is just an amino acid, and an amino acid is just part of protein. Well, there's 20 different amino acids. Our body can't make about half of them, meaning that we need to eat a half of those amino acids. If a person takes in a big dose of leucine from a supplement that they bought at the store, um, they're taking in one of 20 amino acids. In order to build new protein, new muscle in our body, we need 20 amino acids to do so. Think of 20 puzzle pieces here. We need to put all 20 puzzle pieces together to build muscle, to build protein. So when you take in a large supplemental dose of one puzzle piece, one amino acid, leucine, where's the other 19 pieces? If you're not getting those other 19 pieces from your diet, or um, your body's not making those other 19 pieces because we're not able to make all of them, We can't put the puzzle together and we can't build protein. Mm -hmm. So honestly, a lot of supplements that people take are just wasted. They're just excreted by the body because they can't be utilized. Mm
0: -hmm. So what would you say to somebody who um, says like, oh, it's it's for recovery. It's for recovery. I don't even really know what they would mean by that.
1: But what would you say? I would say you could probably eat like a turkey sandwich for recovery too. I mean, (laughs) you can totally use food. Mm -hmm. And from that turkey sandwich, you're going to get those amino acids. You're going to get the leucine. You're going to get the protein. But you're also going to get some fiber. You're going to replace the carbohydrates that you just burned. Put a piece of cheese on it to get some calcium. Um, I think that we should be using food first. There definitely are special cases that supplements might be needed. But for the vast majority of people, they really aren't.
0: Right. And you really hit the nail on the head as long as you're kind of just like a, an average person, you know, working out or even if you are an athlete, you're still focusing on eating the right foods. Mm-hmm. But some of those special conditions, um, you know, if you have a deficiency that's totally going to be regulated, probably by your doctor. Um, we were talking about like the high endurance athletes. Yeah. Um, you might uh, need to take in supplementation because you're required to actually eat more calories right I think
1: like Michael Phelps I remember reading a news story about him like he eats like 20,000 calories a day like it's maybe I'm I'm, (laughs) we're not to google this afterwards but (laughs) it's like a ton like thousands of calories oh my gosh yeah for him of course he's not going to be able to eat that much food so like supplements protein shakes those are absolutely going to be needed Mm -hmm. but the the general population we can absolutely get everything that we need from food alone Mm -hmm. as long as we're making those correct choices again leading back to those food groups
0: Mm -hmm. right and I think that's definitely um, one of my favorite ways to go about it I actually I try not to get negative when people ask me about supplementation or you know should I have more protein or things like that because I think we've gotten away from how we used to eat way long ago Mm -hmm. we weren't worried about um any type of supplement because they either didn't exist or they you know people weren't really using them and uh often we're looking for the easy way out
1: exactly everybody
0: wants to take a pill and if a pill for exercise (laughs) existed (laughs) i'm sure people would take it too yeah but i guys i think really a, a huge takeaway is to trying to create uh more of an equilibrium between your diet and your exercise mm-hmm. because it does go together and there really is no easy way out. And if you're willing to put in the work, you're going to see progress and you're going to end up having results, but you have to stick with it. And it's not an overnight thing. It's not a one month thing. It's probably going to happen in a couple years. And for those of you who don't know me, I went through a weight loss and lost a significant amount of weight, but it didn't happen over like even six months. Mm -hmm. Uh, People ask me, and that's hard to actually quantify that time frame because it was probably a few years to where I was able to not just lose weight, but then keep it off.
1: That's such a good point. And I have talked to, you know, in my private practice, when I talk to patients about weight loss, um, a lot of times I ask individuals like, what's your goal weight? Right. And they're like 120 pounds. And I'm like, okay, when's the last time you were 120 pounds? You know, like make yeah. a person think. And if, if they might say, well, when I was in high school and and now they're 45 years old, and I'm like, okay, so let's look at that time span. It took you this many years to get to the weight you're at. It's going to take us a while to get back down there. So really keeping, you know, the reality- in the mm-hmm. back of your mind, yes. Um. Uh, yeah, you're you're totally right that it doesn't happen overnight, and you have to put in that commitment. And people really just want it to be easy, mm-hmm. and Me it's too. not.
0: It's not. It's very hard. And I think everybody who has been in a place where they don't want to be and they they have this back and forth with, oh, I finally got there. And then a few years later, kind of fell off a little bit. It is an equilibrium. You must find an equilibrium over a period of time. And for those of you who are looking to gain muscle that kind of gets a little confusing for some people because maybe they have more fat on their body and they just need to kind of reveal the muscle a little bit and start, you know, lifting weights and doing cardio and eating a well-balanced diet That's pretty much the secret. So (laughs) right. That is the secret.
1: I think, um, That's what also makes it difficult is that the number on the scale might not be reflecting Mm -hmm. what your body actually looks like or what you want it to look like. Um, It is possible to lose fat and gain muscle, but it comes down to diet. I mentioned those five food groups earlier on, um, and it's just important to make sure that we're getting servings from each of those. So again, if a person's eating a 2,000 calorie diet, they need two fruits a day, three veggies, Five and a half ounces of protein, which is probably sounds way lower than what most people are eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, three cups of dairy and six ounces of grains. So, I mean, thinking back to like what you ate yesterday, did did your diet nope. look like this? <laughs> right, exactly. And that's what most people <laughs> are going didn't. to say. Yeah. Um, but trying to build that muscle, lose fat, lose weight, whatever a person's looking to do, most of the time it comes back to what they're doing in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can probably attest to this too, and what you see that. A person can work out and work out and work out and not see the results they want if they're going home and not putting the work in at home as well. Right. My coworker,
0: Jason, hey, shout out <laughs> if you're listening, um, he says abs are made at the dinner table. Yeah. And it's very true mm-hmm. because you can't follow up a really awesome high calorie burning workout with McDonald's right. or pizza or whatever it is. It's fine to have those on certain days. Definitely don't, you know, completely... Get rid of something that you enjoy, be a human and enjoy your food too, but finding a balance. Yeah, absolutely. That's very, very important. Um, Did you have any other thoughts, any major points that you wanted to hit?
1: I think we hit on a lot of them, but I really think that it's just important to remember um, those food groups that we talked about having that balanced diet and that remembering that everyone's different, right? Mm-hmm. So your neighbor next to you so might need a lot more protein, might need a lot more carbohydrates because they're really physically active or they have a really demanding job, right? Someone working in construction out in the summer sun's going to need a lot more fluid. They're going to not need a lot more calories. Oh, that's so, true. so trying not to compare yourself to another person and trying not to compare yourself to what that person's eating. Um, you know, everyone has different things that they like and don't like. People have different food allergies. People have different needs. We're all individuals for a reason. So just making sure that you're not comparing yourself to others.
0: Yeah, that's that's really great. And I was thinking, uh, you kind of reminded me, uh, you had a resource, uh, an, an, an online resource, rather, yeah. that somebody can go to to kind of figure out maybe where to start.
1: Yeah, there's a couple different ones. So if a person's trying to figure out, like, how many calories they need. I give that rec- like that general recommendation of 2,000 calories a day. But me personally, I only need about 1,500 calories per day. Mm-hmm. So it is important to know how many calories you should be eating per day. And I use active.com. They have a really nice calcula- uh, calorie calculator on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's... Thing, it's so much more than just calories how do we translate those calories into mm-hmm. those food groups and then i would so i would use a website um it's called eatright.org it's by the academy of nutrition and dietetics and on there you can find a lot of information about the food groups you can also cho- uh, use choosemyplate.gov mm-hmm. on that website it gives uh, a reference to those food groups i just went over like the the two cups of fruits per day three cups of vegetables All of that is on uh, the Choose My Plate website. So start with theactive.com, figure out how many calories you need. Go over to the eatright.org or the Choose My Plate and from there you can figure out how those calories are gonna translate into your food groups And food groups equal macronutrients, right? So it comes full circle back to talking about counting your macros.
0: Yes. Those are really great next steps. Thanks, Paula. You're welcome. That was really great. Hopefully, you guys feel like you had a a nice, good takeaway. And definitely stay tuned because we're going to talk about food coming up more as the holiday seasons are approaching. And then we're going to turn into uh, actual, like, you know, New Year's resolutions. These are all common things that we're going to be talking about. So, uh, Def- de- definitely a lot more things to look forward to. Uh but I think that's all we've got for today. Great. Thanks for coming. Thanks so much. And now you're a part of the Guidance of Grace family. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for today. My name is Grace. My name's Paula. And we'll see y'all next week.